I stumbled across an acronym this week that tied well into me for the Christmas message. Now, I have heard over my years of ministry and just life here on earth, someone say on occasion, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Have you ever heard that before? It's Christmas Eve, be honest in church, okay? I didn't ask you if you've said it. I ask you if you've heard it used in some phraseology. But when someone sends a text, because it was um, in a drop-down, I, you know, I listen to a lot of YouTube, and, and that's where I get my music and sometimes my crazy ideas for sermons. But somebody had put that JMJ just like you might have put LOL, which for those of you who are not in the social whatever, that's laugh out loud, right? Or lift or lower, I don't know. But, but what does it mean when you say those three names together? Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Is it a curse or is it a blessing? Is it surprise or disappointment? Is it scandalous or wonderful? Perhaps you learned that phrase as a Catholic young person, because it's a bedtime prayer where you recite Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Perhaps if you're a Wonderful Life fan, as I know some of you are, you hear it in the very beginning when all these people are praying for George, Jimmy Stewart's character, and Jesus, Mary, and Joseph are called upon to assist George. Proclaiming the names Jesus, Mary, and Joseph have indeed summoned curses and blessings. Surprise and disappointment, even scandal and wonder. Last December, Boston Celtics basketball coach Joe Mazzula, who looks like he's 12, I thought he was a player when I first saw him. Well, he was a player, but in an interview, he puts things in perspective, at least for one reporter. So here's a little video clip. Did you get a chance to meet with the royal family? And if not, how was it like having them there in the building? Jesus, Mary, and Joseph? The Prince and Princess of Wales. Oh, no, I did not. I'm only familiar with one royal family. I don't know too much about that one. Thank you. But I'm glad they're hopefully they're Celtic fans. Yeah. Thank you. And as I dug down deeper, you know, I found that when I used to type in Jesus, uh, Mary, and Joseph and try to see responses, that popped up. They, they said he was not trying to be funny. That's what he, he was really talking about. The royal family, that's who the royal family is to me, not somebody from England or wh whatever country might have royal uh, leadership. But today I want to read for you uh, the three Christmas accounts, at least three Christmas accounts, because the Gospels we have, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Mark is more like John in the sense that he doesn't tell about a baby being born. Um, Matthew and Luke do. And because we've been in John for <laughs> almost two years now, I think it's important we just keep using at least the Christmas message we get in John 1.1. So um, we'll see the players, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, in these three texts I want to read. So first off, Jesus. John 1, verses 1 through 4, which... I have memorized, but because I often go off script, I'm going to turn to it. Hear the Christmas message in this. In the beginning was the Word, 
And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. Now we turn to Mary. Look at Luke chapter 1. Verses 26 through 38. Now, I know some of these you may hear again tonight at our uh, Christmas Eve service at 6.30, but uh, I know um, it doesn't hurt to hear them multiple times. This is the story of Mary's experience at Christmas. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to, uh, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How can this be, or how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. That's a nice way of saying she was beyond childbearing years. And she who was said to be barren in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. So we have Jesus, Mary. Now let's look at Joseph in Matthew, the second chapter. Verse 18. If I get to the right place. It's not the second chapter. It's the first chapter. Did I have second chapter up there? I said second. Okay, good. I have it up there right. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. That's what we just read in Luke. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Pray with me, please. Father, as we look at these three powerful passages that talk about the very essence of you, the Word, becoming flesh, knowing that 
nothing came into existence except through your hand, your son, Jesus, who would be fully divine and fully man when he's here on this earth. And then we see how a young girl was shown favor to give birth to your son. And then we see her husband, who was not expecting that at all, was faithful to do what he was told in a dream. And together, all three of these had some element of surprise and powerful testimonies of faith that we can learn from today. Speak to us on this Christmas Eve morning of the love, the forgiveness, and the relationship we can have with your son, Jesus. For I pray this in the name of the Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. My father liked to surprise people at Christmas. I think that probably carried over to me to a degree. I remember one Christmas I came home and, well, it was Christmas season. It was in December. Um, my birthday's in December. So, and my wife's birthday's in December. So you never know, was that really a birthday present or was that a Christmas present? Anybody else got that same kind of problem? It's, it's conflicting. You know, all we know is that you better not wrap Brenda's birthday present in Christmas paper or you'll hear about it. No, I'm sorry. I, I, she didn't say that. But uh, he brought home a guitar. Uh, Gibson 335 with a gold uh, Bigsby treble bar and uh, an amplifier. And it was laying on my bed. And I tell you right now, I probably can't play it any better today than I could have then. I just never grew into the guitar, if you will. Uh, and then that's probably my freshman year in high school. These are the two big ones I remember. When I uh, was about to be able to drive, um, as I told my wife these, these stories, I said, I'm going to tell these and I'll try not to cry. I was taking pilot lessons, flying lessons, when I was 15, because in the FAA requirements, you can solo a sailplane earlier or a glider earlier, but you cannot solo a powered aircraft until you're 16. So I was working my way up to my 16th birthday, and not only would I get my driver's license, I'd get to solo an airplane. And Dad picked me up in this uh, MG Midget, and uh, we drove to the uh, airport, and uh, he said, what do you think about this? I said, man, it's great. Where'd you get it? And it was a friend of ours, and he said, I'm thinking about trading for it for you. So <laughs> I couldn't even drive a man, his standard transmission at the time, so he let me grind him all the way home from the airport. You know, um, And promptly two weeks later, I wrecked that car. So <laughs> that's the story for a sermon for another day. Um, I was surprised as he, he surprised me, but I always tried to be faithful when he gave me gifts to... We were always taught to say thank you. You know, that was kind of like, if you don't say thank you, you're not going to get another one. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Jesus was not surprised, though, by his mission when we talk about Jesus. He wasn't surprised. We, John tells us nothing came into being except through him. So he knew from the beginning of time, just as God did, that this, this creation that he made would stray from him and he would have to find a way to redeem them. And Christ became that rede redemption for you and I. However, I wonder if he was not somewhat surprised when he came to bring love, forgiveness, and restoration. He met disbelief, anger, and eventually they would kill him. That had to surprise the one who loved us and continues to love us so much. But he was faithful. As we know, as we worked our way through John, he turned his face towards Jerusalem. He knew that the cross waited for him. 
But in the midst of his surprise, he was faithful. Rick Warren, in his book, um, What You Should Believe, I think that's the title. I have it down here. Let me get it. Purpose of Christmas. Uh, He tells a story that I came across I thought was funny. He said, in his family tradition, uh, for four generations and now five decades, uh, they practice the same. Anybody got family traditions at Christmas? I'm sure you do, right? So this is his. He said, when he was a preschooler, he asked his mother what Christmas was about. And being a good mom, she immediately responded, it's the birthday of Jesus. And being a good preschooler, he heard birthday, where's the cake? So he said from the time he was, I don't know, like four years old, they have celebrated with angel food cake on Christmas Eve, Jesus' birthday. And he said no matter who was the youngest child, whether it was him or his following siblings, and then his children and then his grandchildren, whoever's the youngest gets to blow the candles out on the angel food cake. And he said in addition to singing carols and telling the stories, they have two questions that every person at that birthday celebration has to answer. And he said these have had profound answers over the years. And here are two of those two questions. What from the past year are you thankful to God for? You might want to think about that and share that with your children or your spouses or your loved ones today. What from the past year are you thankful for God for? And then second... Because it's Jesus' birthday, what will you give him this next year? Profound and moving thoughts from a family's history. So when you hear Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, think of surprise and of faith. Mary was about 15, maybe 16, about the same age I was when I tore up the brand new car, well, it wasn't brand new, but tore up my brand new car to me, when she got the shocking news of her pregnancy. As Gabriel tells Mary about Elizabeth expecting to, she finds some comfort, maybe knowing that it's happening to someone else, something divine, but Mary doesn't run out of the house. She doesn't try to cast Gabriel from her home. She doesn't say, go find someone else. So how many times have you asked somebody to go on a mission trip and they say, go find someone else? And the mission trips that he goes on are not like year-long programs. But when you have a baby, it's a, it's a lifetime, right? He took her and told her, you're going to have a baby. And she says to that, I am the Lord's servant. May it be as you have said. So she goes from surprise to faith. Had to be shocking for her to hear. Unexpected pregnancy, we talked about this week in our staff meeting, when you hear of someone that is having an unexpected pregnancy, what emotions go through? You know, is it sad? Is it happiness? Is it disbelief? But she had unexpected pregnancy announcement and favor in the same conversation. Gabriel says, the Lord God has favored you among women. Well, I've got some favorite snack foods that I eat at Christmas, and I got favorite TV shows and favorite movies and favorite cars. But what kind of favor was the angel telling about a girl who is undoubtedly not going to have a favored outcome? Pregnancy 
before marriage in a society that it was okay to stone those who had done that. And you read in Joseph, he, he thought, you know, I'll just dismiss her. He's a kind enough righteousness of man that he didn't want to have her executed. But all this is happening to her. What kind of favor? She would face whispers of scandal and disdain forever. But the angel visits her and says, but not once, says twice, you have found favor with God. To have found favor with God is to have found God's grace. It is to gain approval. It is to gain acceptance. It is to be a blessing. In fact, in the New Testament, the word used for favor has the same root word, keros, which is the word we get grace from. So he says, you have found God's grace. In fact, that same word is used for Moses, Noah, Joseph, Samuel, and Jesus at the age of 12, that they have received the favor of God. Christmas is the reminder that you and I too have been favored by God. He loved us in spite of our wicked ways to send his son. That if we had faith in him, we will have life everlasting. Not only will we be forgiven, we will have the power of the Holy Spirit, this side of glory, until we walk and see him face to face in glory. Many of you have heard me, sorry, I might have to drop this cough drop, I think. Many of you have heard me use uh, Frederick Beekner. He was a Presbyterian pastor, preacher, theologian, uh, taught at, uh, I think, Yale and Harvard for a period of time. Uh, he's already passed like, about two years ago. He has a book called Particular Treasures, and in that he takes over 100 different biblical characters and kind of gives them more life than, you know, it's extra biblical work, but it's stuff that kind of makes you think. So let me read this after I take this drink. Hang with me. He said that when Gabriel encountered Mary, I quote, she struck him as hardly old enough to have a child, let alone this child. But Gabriel had been entrusted with a message to give her, and he gave it. He told her what the child was to be named, who he was to be, and something about the mystery that was to come upon her. You mustn't be afraid, Mary, he said. And as he said it, he only hoped she wouldn't notice that beneath the great golden wings he wore, he himself was trembling with fear to think that the whole future of creation hung on the answer of this young girl. Each of you, have been called, like Mary, to bear God's witness or God's favor. We should be standing trembling, knowing that he loved us enough to forgive us and that he has called us into his mission of restoration and that we should be telling others about Jesus. I think you would tremble to think or to be asked, what have you said about Jesus this past week to someone else? Have you told anybody about the Savior that you claim to believe in and to have in your life? When you hear Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, think of surprise and of faith. Coming now to Joseph. He is often the forgotten character of the Christmas story. But his surprise and reaction in faith serve as inspiration for all of us. 
I spent a year at Boston University, believe it or not, studying preaching and homiletics, which uh, he can't really tell. Huh. I went to a lot of school, can't really tell. Uh, but Haddon Robinson was the, uh, in fact, he's been called uh, one of the greatest preachers in the United States. Uh, he made it into Newsweek one year. And the year I was there studying, he was supposed to be there, but he was on sabbatical. So I didn't get to take any classes from Haddon Robinson, but I've read a lot of his uh, books and read some of and listened to some of his sermons online. He uh, preached a sermon about Joseph once, a first-person sermon. And I've done two or three first-person sermons, but funny, I've never done one here. So maybe before I retire, I'll, I don't, probably won't. Can't do that in John very well. But he preached a sermon called... Um, Joseph Davidson is my name. Thinking about Joseph being from the son and lineage of David, that's how he got Davidson. When I first read the title, I thought he was going to talk about Harley Davidson, but no, he's talking about being of the lineage of the King David. And he talked about Joseph and, and gave all these practical thoughts that kind of, you know, wow, never thought about that. He said, Joseph had a good thing going, he had a trade, he was a carpenter. He had this young lady promised to him. In fact, he, he embellishes it and says they were in love. It, it was an arranged marriage, but they couldn't wait to get married. And then he gets word that she's pregnant. And he thinks, how could she? Why would she? What about? We trusted. We loved. We, we had plans. Shocking news. Surprise. But Joseph was faithful and trusted God. The word of the angel came to him and said, His name will be Jesus. He will save his people. And as Haddon pointed out in his sermon, he would also be called the carpenter. Jesus was the carpenter. Joseph trusted the word of God. And by raising God's son, he got to put his thumbprint on the Savior because they called him Carpenter. And he said, Haddon Robinson quoting, God put his thumbprint on his soul, Joseph's soul, because he allowed him the opportunity to raise his son. Joseph, <coughs> excuse me, I'm not crying. <laughs> Cough drop went the wrong way. Joseph is not the main character of the story. And nor really is Mary, although we focus on her. There's nothing wrong, and I've told you many times, uh, don't beat up on Mary, because you know how it is. You don't talk bad about my mama. But remember, God wanted someone to take care of his boy. And he picked this carpenter who believed and did the best he could. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Joseph said, I will do what God commands me to do. Jesus came he died and rose again. And as he was sent from the Father, he was faithful to do those things. Through faith, your faith in Jesus, you can receive the gift of forgiveness and eternal life. So when you hear Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, think with surprise and with faith. You might just be surprised that God could love you and forgive you in spite of all the things you think he would never forgive you for. You'll be surprised because when you place your faith in him, he will wipe that slate clean. He will restore the broken relationship you had with him. And you will receive that favor, that grace that Mary received, 
and he will command you, like Joseph was commanded to do something, to go and tell others about him. That's what this Christmas message is all about. So I'd ask you now to stand with me, please. I'd like for us to pray. We'll have a time of invitation. And ask God to continue to surprise us and continue to bless us with faith. For it's in Jesus we can see all these things. Let's pray. Father, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph have often become slaying for bad things. But it should be astonishment. And it should be a testimony to that surprise and faith when you enter people's lives and the changes that are made forever. If there's one here today, Lord, who's never accepted Christ as their Savior, let this be the time in which they step forward, we'll pray together, ask Jesus into their life, and Lord, they'll feel that forgiveness that only you can bring. And then they'll have the knowledge and the confidence that when this life is over, they'll be in your presence. Help us to shout out Jesus, Mary, and Joseph because all three displayed the faith that you want us to display. If there's someone here, Lord, who just needs to come to these steps and pray, we have prayer warriors that will join them. I just ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would move in our midst on this special Christmas Eve time where we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.